This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, we have Movie Talk, a program for all things cinema-esque, for the discerning film and video junkie. Talk. Today we'll be looking at a rather corrupt individual who returns to his Texas hometown in Red Rocket. Part of Peter Jackson's musical documentary, The Beatles Get Back, The Rooftop Concert, and Kenneth Branagh's version of Agatha Christie's whodunit classic, Death on the Nile. So why are you back, Mr. Hollywood? Hey, Mikey, welcome back, dude. I'm on top of my game right now on like every single possible level. Physical stamina, my mind is sharp. I'm taking 5-HTP for serotonin in my brain. Yeah. With my skill and ability, there's no denying what I can do. The universe is on my side, bro. Before long, it'll be like we're still married. In Red Rocket, we see how a person with charisma can manipulate good, well-intentioned people for his own personal gain. Robin Munro's been off to the Lumiere cinemas to see this fascinating but sometimes difficult to watch movie. Uh, Robin, it took me quite a while to realise what the actual point of this film is. What did you think of Red Rocket? Yeah, well, it took me quite a while to swallow it either, and uh, the man is really not Pleasant and oh, you, you can't. <laughs> difficult to like the God. Oh, well, actually, he seems a nice enough guy when you first see him. Oh, but yes. he, as the film goes on, you, you know, you, you disapprove of him more and more. <laughs> yes, well, he's also unaware of his failings, so he carries on sort of without interruption to uh, uh, invent new schemes, usually to manipulate other people or to get something from for free off them. Um, and he shows no sign of loyalty at all. However, those who know him best are very very quickly pick up on this. Oh, yes, certainly do. But he can influence just about anybody around him, even, you know, good and well-intentioned people. Anybody exactly. Anybody may happen to be there. Exactly. And, um, and all this sort of thing. But, you know, but I, 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 what I found so difficult as the film went on, yeah, you know, thinking, my God, this what is this fellow up to? Mm. And then, as he, and and he swears the F yes. word is used more often in this film, I think, than anything else. And there's <laughs> quite a few in town at the moment uh, <laughs> that swear uh, swear a lot. Um, we had the. Um, Bestsellers with Michael Caine is <laughs> wearing his head off in that, and there's also that um, Irish documentary musical about uh, Crock of Gold, a few rounds with Shane McGowan, and he mm-hmm. would have sort of said that word about a hundred times in that film, and it's even more so in this one. Yeah, I don't know where movies are going these days, you know. So you get you get that bad language, and you get the way he manipulates people, particularly when he gets involved with that young seven, that seventeen-year-old girl, lovely girl. Yeah, and yeah. and you think, oh my God, you know, why am I watching this? <laughs> yeah, no, no, not so much. Why am I watching? But why make a film about this? And that's the whole point. It was only when I woke up next morning that I realised what the whole point of the film was. Had you started playing with that yet? Yes, yes, yes. Well, well, uh, I mean, we do know other people who behave like this, and these are not at the bottom of society where these people are dwelling, but they're actually in the top of America and perhaps in a few other nations at the moment. 
um, that someone with charisma can really use that to exploit people. And of course, we're talking about Trump here. Yeah. It's, it's not a political film at all. Um, but um, in, in many ways, uh, this guy uh, right at the bottom of society is behaving in the way like uh, as Trump does to the public. Um, this guy does to his sort of ex's family and anyone who will sort of listen to his nonsense. Mm, yeah. Well, you see, and this is the whole point. Uh, in the film, the film is set at the time, just before the first, uh, the uh, what, 2016 election in America, uh, when Trump was elected. Mm -hmm. So it's set before that. And in the film, you see um, uh, Trump on TV a couple of times with some silly quote. (laughs) And I think there's a big billboard at some stage. You see the bottom letters of Trump or something. Yeah. 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 And and sometimes you get a comment in favour of him. And there's there's also some sort of comments about uh, Hillary Clinton on TV and that kind of thing in it. And this is what made me realise, now, why did they put that in the film? Mm -hmm. And then it dawned on me. This is (laughs) after the film. It was actually in bed next morning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> dawned on me, this guy is actually a parallel to Donald Trump and what he was doing, doing it exactly like that. I mean, laying it on possibly even heavier, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if Trump swears that much. <laughs> no. Well, although uh, Trump has said some very offensive things about women, I don't think he's quite as bad as this guy who's who's an ex-porn star as well and tries to sell it to everyone as something wonderful and something to aspire to. Um, but, yes, I, I think parallels, I, I think that they're, they're, they're definitely uh, yeah. there. And the whole point is that he has got the ability to, to influence people around him, to sort of charm them with his own in his own sort of bulldust way yes. and uh, and get them to follow him. Yeah. And, you know, whereas to, I'd say two people or three people out of four wouldn't, can't understand how they could possibly, such a thing could possibly happen. However, there is that group. And they're still nevertheless good, simple, innocent people. I mean, that, I think, is why this film is set in a small Texas town or part of a small town. Yeah. I think it's Texas City or something. Yes. Some place like that must be bigger. But, but in this small community, and, and, and this is possibly intended to be typical of a, a conservative, um, you know, sort of not too well-educated, uh, typical American ca- country community. And, um, and this is, and then at the end when all comes, uh, when... When the, the troubles really start for him, um, no, he gets he gets get a, gets a bit of a you know back <laughs> thing under him about it. Um, you see these people coming together, even to help themselves. There's black people coming into yes. it. They're mixing in with them. All community is there. You see that they are just trying to cope with this and possibly even still help him, him too. The whole thing's quite mm-hmm. crazy. But so I think people should be told this beforehand, because otherwise I just didn't have a clue where this film was going. <laughs> no, it almost makes no sense. But it is a very well-made film yeah. um, in, in, in many ways. And, uh, yeah, it's just a little bit hard to, hard to work out. But I guess that's one of the points, too. Yeah. <laughs> OK, well, good. Thank you, Robin. That was Robin Munro with his views on Red Rocket and I'm Hans Petrovic, a movie talk on Plains FM 96.9. Now we're going to take the Beatles and I'll be quiet. 
Oh, you recording our conversation? Looking for a what? What is it? Looking for a home to last. Looking for a blast from the past. We're talking about 14 songs we hope to get. I've got a feeling. How many have we already recorded good enough? None. Showing at some cinemas around Christchurch for just a few days has been the just over an hour long musical The Beatles Get Back, the rooftop concert, which is part of a longer documentary by Peter Jackson. Mary Gibson's managed to get to see what will become only available on the Disney Plus streaming platform on your computer. Mary, did you know, however, that the screenings in Christchurch proved so popular that the distributors have decided to continue the screenings for another four days at a couple of cinemas in this coming week? Uh, What you saw was mainly the Beatles' final outdoor rooftop concert. Uh, What did you think of that? I thought it was really good, so I'm not surprised that they're going to keep screening it because the screening I went to uh, was a full house. And it is such an important piece of history. I mean, I... Remember, I don't want to say how old I am, but I remember the Beatles coming here to New Zealand and to Christchurch <laughs> and staying and waving from the Clarendon Hotel and just the crowds. I was a little, little girl, but I do remember it really, really well. And so this is such a piece of history that people of my generation and even younger who enjoyed yep. the later music will really love to see because, you know, we've got all these boy bands and everything now and that have these incredible followings and everything like that. But the Beatles were really the start of this phenomenon where, you know, girls were fainting and going crazy and all, all of that kind of thing. But also their music was so clever and so well written and where... They were producing music before it was highly synchronised and highly tweaked yeah. at, at, at a mixer's desk and all of those things. And so it was musicianship and really clever lyric writing between Lennon and McCartney. And it shows that in this in this um, documentary. It comes across really well. And you're kind of sitting there and, and you're, you're just so into it because you um, what Peter Jackson has done is lay out the start from 56 through to 68, 69. And and so you see them coming together. You see them as young guys at 15 and 16 mm. years old in Liverpool and how they meet up and how they how they get going. They play at the Cavern in um, Germany and, and, and all of those things. And then how suddenly there, there was this worldwide phenomenon yeah, yeah. and going on tour culminating in the fact that they don't want to do any more concerts, they just don't want to do that, they hate the whole thing. And and I, you can understand that. You see that even today with today's modern artists, the whole touring and everything becomes very wearisome. Yes, so they, yes. They bought the building in um, in Abbey Road in London where they they set up um, Apple Studios and then they're talking about the development of computerisation and music and that's why they started um, their Apple label. And and then they decide, because they hadn't done any concerts at all for, I think, two years and hadn't really played together for two years, that they would do this rooftop concert. 
and this was for well, this was all to do with um, a feature film which they were putting out in connection yeah, with, with one uh, LP called mm, Let It Be, which they were right. putting together. Yeah. And this was to them the way they saw that at the time. That was going to be their absolute last mm. LP, and uh, this uh, documentary that they were making, uh, f- filming about the making of the um, LP. Um, you know, so uh, this is uh, that's what they worked uh, on, and this is the footage that's used in this film. Yeah, I mean, you don't. Uh, the, there's actually they got sixty hours of film at that time. Mm, mm. So, and this is not all on the rooftop. No. I, I, you know, I don't, yeah, I, I'd say eighty percent of that most likely was done in the studios with them talking to each other and all that sort mm. of a thing. But isn't it isn't it fantastic? You know, when you see the credits roll at the end, and that's one of the things I watched was that the producers were. Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, um, Yoko Ono and Olivia Harrison. So that clearly tells you that they were very much a unit and very much agreed to put this movie out. And all of those rumours that we heard as teenagers and kids growing up that Yoko Ono split them all and that they'd all all split up. Which are not true stories. It's not true at all. It was a natural evolution of being together for a period of time. And, And as I said, you see it with pretty much all of the boy bands and girl bands that they they don't last the distance so I think the period of playing and producing of 12 years or so is really well documented through this movie. But you've got to think this is 50 years ago and it's only in the last few, now it's only now a few years ago that Peter Jackson got hold of this Mm. and um, Peter Jackson's dream was to get his hands on all 60 hours of the original footage Plus, there's also 150 hours of um, audio of the mm. musical recordings mm. that was done at that time, and to see what he could. Anyway, so he got that to see what he could find there, and uh, and the whole point is that in this series, Peter Jackson provides a wider perspective, giving the four Beatles the opportunity to show themselves with all their nuance and complexity and humanity. Mm. Not just that negative side mm. of their splitting mm. that you mentioned. Yeah, very, very um, much so. And and just the quirkiness of them and how they interacted with each other. Oh, yeah. And you really <laughs> see this in, in this documentary. I think it's so well done. Mm. I, I, you know, obviously it's only 60 minutes long yeah. and you do come away wishing it was much longer. Yeah. But what you see is well worth seeing. Yeah. Well, now, um, you've got to, to sum this up. We're already running out of time. But, this, uh, but the whole point now is that this new... This has been made into an eight-hour or more, about eight-hour documentary mm. by Peter Jackson. And and this is what's being scre- or, uh, streamed, I should say, uh, on the Disney Plus um, system. Mm. And people can get access to the full, whole thing here. Mm. This um, particular film that's been showing around Christchurch last weekend... Um, sort of uh, is, is a publicity stunt. That's all that they did for it. And um, and in that you only get one hour of, a, of a, an actual film which is uh, closer to eight hours long split into three separate, say, two-hour sections or two-and-a-half-hour mm. sections or so. Mm. And you can so you can get the whole thing there. This is the publicity thing. And now this was, however, like you said, was so popular at the cinemas when they showed it last weekend 
um, that the distributors or the Disney Plus people have decided to put it back into the cinemas. Well, well I'm not surprised as I see. That's a short one, only yeah, the one hour yeah, thing that you yeah. see. You, you just mm. want to keep watching it. And so it <laughs> definitely is a great teaser for the three episodes or the three two-hour-long episodes. Yeah. You'll want to see them. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But anyway, you do get that opportunity to see this one-hour um, episode uh, part um, of the rooftop um, uh, playing and all this um, at two cinemas, and that's Alice's and the Deluxe. They've mm-hmm. got it back four times, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm. So you can catch up with that, and I think after you've seen all that, you might want to see all the other stuff as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Binge watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> That was Mary Gibson helping me with The Beatles, Get Back, The Rooftop Concert. I'd like to thank the sponsor of the show, the Harcourt's Grenadier Accommodation Centre, which is now located at the 98 Morehouse Avenue. If you're looking for a place to live, check out the Harcourt's Accommodation Centre website, assetmanagers.co.nz. That address again, assetmanagers, one word, .co.nz. Someone is dead. The crime... His murder The murderer is one of you. Were you aware of any grudges? Madame is used to getting what she wants. Never again is what she I don't feel safe here. I don't feel safe with any of that. In director Kenneth Branagh's version of Agatha Christie's classic detective novel, Death on the Nile, Hercule Poirot investigates a series of murders while travelling down the Egyptian river on a boat. Carolyn Brown's been to the Lumiere cinemas to see this beautifully photographed film. Uh, Carolyn, after a rather unexpected beginning, I continued to be pleasantly surprised by this whodunit. What did you think of Death on the Nile? I absolutely loved it. It was exactly what I needed. It was an old-fashioned movie, but with oh, scenery, beautiful, which, beautiful scenery and great, oh, just great directing, everything. It was just awesome. Yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't even really care that much about, like you, didn't care that much about the plot. I just no. <laughs> reveled in the beauty of the film. <laughs> yeah, this is it. I mean, it was, it was so magnificently put together. The, the costuming of the, I mean, this is sort of set in the early life. Last century, and um, yeah. you know the, the way the women and the men dress, and these beautiful costumes, these good-looking people, these beautiful women, uh, everybody's such, and men, uh, well, they're good-looking too. <laughs> and um, you get all of this in there. I mean, you, they start off uh, n- not quite at the beginning. We'll talk about that in a minute. In a, mm. sort of some classy nightclub in London, and then um, you're off to a wedding, and. Um, and all these people meeting or something like that and, and all this sort of thing. And, uh, you know, and then on the boat going down the river with all these people. And um, it's just such a, a beautiful to look at, a pleasant surprise to see the way these it people is. dress. <laughs> yeah, especially on the big screen. I mean, and given that this, the, I mean, Agatha Christie, she wrote the plot. Well, basically, she didn't write the film screen the, for this film, but she wrote the basic plot, and it was published in 1937. And it's been done a lot in television and other book series and everything else. So you'd be thinking, oh, I don't want to go to this film because it's just same old, same old. But it's not because 
Kenneth Branner, he's just put such a wonderful twist on it, and the screenwriter as well. He's he's changed up some of the characters and stuff, and contemporised it, and oh, it was just I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, the amazing <laughs> thing about Kenneth Branagh is he's got two films in town at the moment. There's this I one, know, and there's and also Belfast. Yeah, and and okay, and in in Belfast he's got this little boy who's supposed to be Kent Branagh himself as a young boy in the city of Belfast, and then mm. what what surprised me in this film that Branagh actually is one of the main actors in this. He actually yeah. plays Hercule Poirot in the film. And it's awesome t- that he's got such a big ego, isn't it? I mean, Kenneth Branagh, that he he's <laughs> just takes on these audacious projects and yeah, goes, yeah, yeah, no, I can do this. Yeah, and the whole and lot. he does. Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then what's the, the most amazing thing about the film is the beginning because... Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, we you both, tell yeah. it. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we both had the same experience of sitting there going, have I gone into the right cinema? Yeah, I thought, God, it? this can't be the right <laughs> film I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> so it starts off at the end of World or in World War One. So yeah, it's quite yeah. dark at the beginning. It's yeah, they're out, in the tr- they're out in the trenches there in um, in Belgium and some blokes and um, and then uh, the whole point of this is uh, one of the men um, uh, he gets injured and uh, ends up in hospital where his um, lady friend looks at him and uh, his his face has been. Um, Sort yeah, of injured, mangled. Yeah, yeah, mangled up, and, and he decides that he has will have to grow a, a mustache to cover well, up. She does. Oh, she just yeah. said that, did she? Yeah, <laughs> and, she did. Yeah, and <laughs> and that is then, plot point there. <laughs> and this is how we learn why uh, um, Poirot has this crazy mustache in his. Oh, it's absolutely <laughs> stunning. The, the mustache could be just—it's an art piece in itself. No, everything about this film has been carefully. Thought about, thought out, and articulated. Um, just from the, the timing, the screenshots of the actual uh, the Nile, and then the just taking in the beauty of those all those pyramids and everything else, and and then oh, it's just the music. The music's awesome. But it just I can't rave about the film enough. Actually, I don't know whether I was just really in the right mood for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I mean, uh, to me, as, as you said, also, you know, the, the plot was to me was secondary because actually it's quite a complicated plot. I mean, it, it was well enough presented that you could follow it and uh, the different all the different characters involved. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's, but there's, it's a classic who done it. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's nearly it's eighty years old. So. <laughs> oh, and that time they should have solved it. And so then you've got three murders on this boat, and then at the end there's another two people die. And um, and it, 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 I would find it extremely difficult to explain that plot to anyone, <laughs> although it's well enough told in the film so that you can uh, basically follow it yeah, or guess no, your way And the along. acting's pretty good as well. I mean, yeah, I mean... One of the highlights for me as well is Jennifer uh, Jennifer Saunders and Dawn French. <laughs> they, they just steal every scene that they're in. I just think that's such a perfect pairing, those two, when they're together. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, well, anyway, a good one. Totally yeah. recommended. Yeah. And see it at the cinema as well because of the beauty of the cinematography. It's got to be seen on the big screen. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. right. Yeah. Good. Thank you, Caroline. Okay, thanks.
was Carolyn Brown with her views on Death on the Nile, and I'm Hans Petrovic inviting you to listen to Movie Talk again on Plains FM 96.9 at midday next Wednesday. This program will also be repeated at midday on Saturday, and you can listen to podcasts of earlier episodes on the Plains FM website, plainsfm.org.nz. Music